Joy, lots of joy. You are invited to uh, give your attention now to the Gospel of Mark. The Easter story is in the very last chapter, Mark 16, uh, the first eight verses. I'm going to pray as we prepare to hear God's Word. So let's pray. God, thank you that you brought us here, and as the risen one, you are with us in Jesus Christ, desiring to speak through the power of your Holy Spirit and to have us listen and know the fullness of your love for us. We pray for we pray for that in your word, in scripture, in my words. Amen. Mark 16, verses 1 through 8, listen to God's word to you. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint Jesus. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb when they had been saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? And when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So the women went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid." This is the gift of God's Word. Thanks be to God. Okay, that's not the way it's supposed to end, right? That is not a happy ending. They fled from the tomb with terror and amazement, and they said nothing to anyone because they were so afraid. That is not a happy ending. It's not a resolved ending. In fact, it's such a confusing ending that many through the years have tried to add another ending to Mark, but they know that this is the official ending. Very un, not happy, not resolved. And I must say, I think we're ready for happy. Do you think we're ready for happy? Some of you don't know this, but as a church, we have been in for the last, oh, month and a half in what could be described as the most depressing book in the Bible. It's called Lamentations. It is five chapters of pure lament. And it actually ends with this verse in the last chapter, the joy of our hearts has ceased and our dancing has been turned to mourning. Our small groups were studying this book and we were on our Sunday mornings. In fact, if you go to the corner outside in the entrance there, you will see these collages of our communal laments and they are filled with gun violence and, and schools terrorized and black communities terrorized and despair in Syria and cancer and partisan politics. No more lament, that's what I've heard. <laughs> we're done with that. We want the joy, we want the victory. In fact, I was telling a friend of mine yesterday who's also a preacher, we were talking about our Easter sermons and our texts, and I said, you know what? 
I think my congregation is going to stone me if I don't give them a happy Easter sermon. <laughs> but Mark is not happy at the end, and why not? You know, there's four versions of Jesus' life in the Bible. There is Mark's, the first one, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And they all tell the story in their own way, and they're all trying to make their own point. So I want to tell you two different reasons why Mark ends his story this way. One of the themes that you find throughout the Gospel of Mark is that the disciples, the followers of Jesus, do not get it. They do not get it. They don't really ever understand who Jesus is, and in the end, they all fail. Now, when we started our passage, you actually could feel very hopeful that the women were getting it because the women were hanging in there, and they were staying by his side. All the disciples had fled. What did Peter do? Peter denied him three times, but the women are still hanging in there, so you're feeling hopeful. And then what do they do at the end? They flee just like the rest, and they don't even do the one thing that they were told to do. They don't tell anybody anything. Everybody fails in the Gospel of Mark. But the good news, the good news comes from this angel who gives the instructions and says, go and tell them that he's going ahead of you to Galilee. He's going to meet you there, and there you will meet him, just like he said. Now, why was that significant? Galilee is where they started their discipleship. That's where they began following Jesus, which now looks like it ended in epic fail. But the good news is that, no, you get to begin again. You get to begin again. Your failure is not the end of the story. But Jesus is success, and he's going to meet you, and you get to reboot. You get to start all over. Okay, that's one theme in Mark. That's why the, the ending, that's not happy. But then the other thing that you find throughout Mark is that he's constantly describing this way of Jesus out of Jesus' mouth as a very hard road. You must deny yourself, you must take up your cross and follow me, is what you keep hearing from Jesus over and over and over again. And so Mark is the only gospel that doesn't have any resurrection appearances. All the rest of them have Jesus appearing to the women, appearing to the disciples, not Mark. No, the way Mark emphasizes Jesus after his resurrection is that he's still the crucified one. And that's how you're going to experience him. He's the crucified one. The perfect tense of the verb. Yes, he was crucified, but that's still the way you meet him. In that self-giving way of life. So, yes, you get to begin again but you're going to experience the risen Christ in this way of life that is this self-emptying way of love. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, amazing pastor in Germany during World War II, resisted Nazi, resisted Hitler, and lost his life for it. He wrote a book called The Cost of Discipleship, and he said it this way. When Christ calls a person, he bids them to come and die. Well, no wonder the women were seized with terror and amazement. Sure, they get to begin again, but they're beginning on that same path, that same road of following the crucified one in his self-giving and self-sacrificing love. The words here, they were filled with terror. The Greek is tromos. What word does that remind you of? Tromos. Trauma? They're filled with trauma and amazement. Ecstasis. What word does that sound like? 
ecstasy. Okay, Tromos, this is a hard road, but ecstasy, because this is the road that endures, is Christ's self-sacrificing way of love. It's not the road of failure. It's not the road of hate and killing and oppression. You know, I am struck by how desperately we long for that story to be the story that wins at the end. You look at our heroes, the ones we lift up as heroes. A couple of weeks ago, a, a national hero was born out of great tragedy in France. I'm pretty sure most of you heard this story. His name, I don't know how to say it because I don't speak French, but it's Lieutenant Colonel Arnaud Beltram. Beltram, is that how you say it? The story is there was a gunman who hijacked a car, and he actually uh, gunned down a passenger on the way to a, a supermarket. He stormed into the supermarket. He killed one of the employees. He killed one of the customers. He took a woman hostage, another one of the employees there, who, who was 40 years old, had a two-year-old child. And meanwhile, all these officers, special forces, surrounded the supermarket. And Lieutenant Colonel Armand Arnaud Beltram was one of these officers. He eventually laid down his weapon. He went toward this terrorist, and he asked that this woman, the hostage, be released in exchange for him, which the gunman did. And it did not end well for Beltram. As he tried to, three hours later, wrestle away his gun, he was stabbed, and then hours later, he died in the hospital with his wife by his side. And she said this about her husband. He was motivated by very high moral values, the values of service, generosity, giving oneself, and abnegation. abnegation. The same values of the crucified one. And he was named a national hero in France at a state ceremony the next week. In Mark's ending, it is so clear that this is the way of Jesus' hard road. It is the road of self-sacrificing love, and it is the way that endures in the end. He's the one that's still standing after all the hating and killing and betraying and terrorizing are done. He is the one who remains. Mark is also clear that this is still the way that we are called to follow Jesus today. And it is still a hard road. But it has this promise of God's transforming love, recreating the world. I read something in my devotional that I think is a really helpful description of what we are celebrating today. And I want to read this paragraph to you. Easter is more than remembering Jesus' rising from the dead. It celebrates what Jesus' resurrection has begun, the transformation of all creation. Christians believe that it is God's intention to destroy the evil of our world and establish a kingdom in which all that exists will conform to God's love. The reason that Jesus' resurrection is so important is because it is the first step in God's plan. Because Jesus has been raised up, we believe that all who live in Christ, both living and dead, will be raised up to a new kind of life. On Easter, then, we do not simply look back on what happened to Jesus. We also look forward 
to the kingdom to be established when every evil will be eliminated, even death, and God will be all in all. That's what we believe, that it is God's intention to destroy the evil of our world and establish a kingdom in which all that exists will conform to the self-sacrificing way of love in Jesus Christ. One of my favorite movies that I saw a couple months ago, no, not even that long ago, was Black Panther. Some of you have seen this movie, some of you haven't, but I was surprised that the storyline and the plot was so captivating, it's so good. And it's about a fictional country on the continent of Africa. Some of you know the name of it, what's it called? Wakanda, see, they know. Wakanda, it's not a real country, but anyway, in the story, uh, Wakanda looks like on the outside to be a third world country, but actually it is one of the most technologically advanced nations on the planet. Why? Because they have this certain element that landed on their land through a meteorite hundreds of years before. It's called vibranium. Vibranium has these miraculous powers. And it's something that has caused them to be this amazingly advanced technological country, but also it gives miraculous powers to their king, the Black Panther. So as the story unfolds, you begin to wonder, what will he do with his powers? What will they do with their secret that they've got these miraculous powers and all this technology? Do they keep the vibranium to themselves? And you begin to see what could happen. And you know what you want to have happen. And it's the same thing, friends, that we long for over and over and over again. And we marvel and we rejoice greatly when it does happen. We call them heroes. We call them superheroes. It's the way of self-denial, self-emptying. Not just hanging on to what you have. I've got mine. Good luck to the rest of you. But it's that hard road of self-sacrificing for the welfare of others. And that's the way that wins in Jesus Christ. The way that wins for us, it's the way that wins in and through us. You know, when I first found out that uh, Easter was going to fall on April Fool's Day, I thought, how cool is that? I knew exactly what my sermon was going to be about. They come to the tomb, they think his body's there, and voila, it's not there. But actually, the April Fool's joke has been on me as I have been in this ending in Mark because it's really changed the theme of what God has been saying to me and I think is saying through the ending of Mark. Jesus puts us back on the hard road. It's a hard road of following his way. It's a way of self-sacrifice. It's a way of self-denial. It's a way of God's love. And it's also this road of great promise that has already been accomplished in that way. Winning. Not the way of hating. Not the way of killing. Not the way of betraying and terrorizing and everything that's on our communal laments out there on the poster board. No, it's Jesus' way of self-sacrificing love that wins. And I have to say, that has filled me with good news 
Because if we're going to deal with all that despair, we're going to have to have a lot of courage. We're going to have to have a lot of faithfulness. We're going to have to have a lot of humility, a lot of love that does not come from us. So I'm feeling very encouraged. I can't use the word happy because it's a hard road. But it's already been accomplished in and through Jesus Christ. That's good news. His is the way that wins. That's what Mark is communicating to us in his gospel. Thanks be to God. Amen.